That one I like. Ta-da! <laughs> that was pretty good, wasn't it? Those Kansas City drones, those are pretty awesome. You like those drones? I do. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say it again? You guys want to say it again? Yeah. One more time. Look at the R. I love it. I love it. It's kind of got that Mission Impossible vibe, doesn't it? <laughs> I think that pretty well sums you up. Yep. <laughs> what is Be it? Behold the drone. Wow. Yeah, it's a drone. And I want to talk about it okay. because it introduced you well to today. But before I do, there's something that we need to follow up with Tobias on. Okay. And did you hear that there was a disease? What was it called? don't remember. You weren't listening to Tobias. <laughs> Could you do a rerun for us real quick? <laughs> Could you please tell her the disease that we're trying to cure? Malaria. Malaria. Mm -hmm. Yellow. They, they could have just got rid of the mosquito. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so they needed a bark. Uh -huh. And it's a bark of a special tree, right? Mm -hmm. Am I getting this right? And so they wanted to make a synthetic bark. And I thought, what a great science fair project. Really? Science fair is coming up next month. It is. And some of the students have not even started their project. So I think a good idea would be a synthetic bark that would cure malaria. <laughs> and so to kind of help you get started, I thought maybe I would show you how it's done. Okay. <laughs> this is a controller. Normally I use it to control the, the drone. But since my project today is to cure malaria, I'm going to go ahead and modify this drone to control Peugeot. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I think we're ready. Now we're going to do the synthetic bark. I don't hear you barking. <laughs> Maybe. Is that your best bark? <laughs> You can't hear it? That, that's going to cause high, malaria. It's that's a high-frequency bark. <laughs> oh, like a dog whistle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, come on. Just, just give us a bark. <laughs> and that chirp was brought to you by Peugeot. Okay. I want to do a scary I'm bark. Turn this back into a drone thing. Yeah, I think it's fun. Drones are amazing. And I thought that was a really special introduction. I love so it. whose idea was this? That was Tobias's idea. That's a yeah. good one. I like that. One. Uh, could we go ahead and put up a, a picture, a map of the world, or I'll, I'll tell you what. There it is. There it is. That. That's it. And you can see what's on this particular map are all the places where they're still looking for Tobias's missing drone. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So just think about that. When you run a drone inside the building, you have to turn off the GPS because there's no GPS in here. Yeah. So you turn it on and you can fly it inside the building. Be careful inside the building. It could crash and cause trouble. 
But then when you go outside, what we learned from our research is turn <laughs> the GPS back on. That's right. Because we didn't one time, right? And the drone went, and then it went, and then it was gone. That would have been a terrible feeling. And somewhere, let's look at that map again. If you're anywhere on this map, <laughs> please keep an eye open for Tobias's drone. And the way you can, how can they recognize it, Tobias? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. It, it has rotors, right? It's, it's white. white. Okay. <laughs> so keep an eye out for it. And you can tell it's still on his heart or he wouldn't have made this intro. <laughs> okay. But I want to talk about this drone okay. for a minute because it has some really neat features. To make it fly, we need a battery. It's got to have a power source. And this power source plugs right here and comes out. There it is. I have a battery. Now, hmm, batteries have been around a long time. I have one in the Model A that helps start it. But it's made out of lead and acid, and it's very heavy. If I put that battery in this drone, it could fly for about one second because it's so heavy. Trying to lift it, there's not enough power. So in order to be able to have these modern drones, we had to have amazing batteries, much, much, much better. So this battery is much lighter for the amount of power it has. And this drone can fly with a new battery, fully charged, for almost 30 minutes, wow. which is really quite an amazing feat. If we take this battery out and replace it with a hydrogen fuel cell, a liquid hydrogen, then it could fly all day. That is neat, that's yeah. impressive. That, that's just an aside, okay? <laughs> that's just an aside. Now we have four rotors. Why do we have four? So it can lift more? Yes, yes. but also so that it can steer tilt. So if you turn on all the motors and they spin with exactly the same speed, it'll go straight up. But if you want it to fly sideways, then you slow one of these down just a little bit and it makes it tilt and then it goes to the side. Be more if stable you want, too. Okay. This, this drone mm -hmm. has a little camera down here. Can you see the little camera? That's it. And if you want to turn the camera, you can slow down the speed of some of these and it'll make it turn around so you can point it in different directions. But here's an interesting fact. These two propellers have one color marking and these two have a lighter color marking. Mm -hmm. And the reason is they screw on different directions. Now, if you're <clears throat> one of the guys that's used to work with tools and, and bolts, you know that the normal way to screw on a bolt is clockwise. You see that? Mm -hmm. For some reason, <clears throat> it seems like a lot of boys come with a knowledge of that in their heads. And some of the ladies have to <clears throat> learn it at IST. That brings back a story. Do we have time <laughs> no, for it? we don't have any time. Okay. Is, we won't go into that This is not that, that story, kind of okay? program. So... <laughs> These screw on this way, but the dark one screws on backwards. It's back-threaded. Why? And the answer is, if these were all spinning the same direction, it would spin around. But by having these spin clockwise and the other one spin 
counterclockwise, it can stand stable. It doesn't That's spin neat. around. Mm -hmm. But if this is spinning the way that it screws off, mm -hmm. the resistance of the wind will unscrew it over time. It'll come off. So it has to screw on the opposite direction of how it oh. spins so that it doesn't just unwind itself. So that's why one has to go on one way and one has to screw on backwards. And that's why they have color-coded so you know which one goes on which. In this case, you have a little spring load, so you just push it down. And this one goes clockwise. This one, push it down. And it goes counterclockwise to screw on. Of course, you have to get it lined up right, don't you? Mm -hmm. There we okay. go. So that's a good thing to know about drones. But there's other technologies that make these possible, and we've made it very hard to make them a few years ago. In fact, I had a little helicopter before we perfected some of the technology in drones. And oh, it was fun to fly for a few minutes. <laughs> was that hard? <laughs> it's very hard to keep them stable. But now we have the technology, a lot of which came out because of cell phones. And cell phones, we wanted to have a lot of capabilities in a very, very small package. And uh, Dr. John has a lightsaber function in his, so he can probably just go, can we hear that bark again? The high one or the low one? We've never heard the low one. But <laughs> that's ferocious. <clears throat> do you have one? I have a dog. <laughs> I know you do. Would you like to see a picture of my dog? I would. Okay. I'd like, yeah. You know what? How about it? Let's see if the He's magic got, people can get a picture of the dog. They'd like to He's see got a deep Akiva. one. Yeah, there's, we, we'll have to find a key. He has a whisper bark, mm -hmm. and then he has a real bark. He has a real bark, doesn't mm -hmm. he? Well, dogs. Dogs are amazing creatures, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I, I really like dogs, but I especially like one breed of dogs. I like German Shepherds. They're amazing, smart animals. And I like to raise German Shepherds. They're handsome dogs. And they're trained with different abilities. One of the things that we train our German Shepherds for is to help a person that might have an insulin reaction. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they, they go very low on sugar and they can even go unconscious. And this little dog can detect that. And it tells them, you need some sugar right now, which is really it, kind yeah. of a fun thing. And um, it's interesting if you could teach the dogs to talk then they could just say, hey, you're low, you should go get some sugar. <laughs> but they don't talk. But they do bark. They do. So would you please show us how the dog barks when someone is having an insulin reaction? <laughs> <laughs> but she's right. That's what That's they the do. That's the first thing. The first thing they do is they, they stare. They stare at you like, you know, yep. hunting dogs. When they find a, <clears throat> a duck in the woods, they point. Mm -hmm. And the German shepherds that are trained, they just stare like that. And what if the diabetic doesn't do anything? Then they take their nose and they go right below your hand and they just mess with you until you go do something. Cut it out. Yep. 
and they'll do it until they'll go do something about it. So would you like to see my German Shepherd? There he is, Akiva. It's a pretty dog. Yeah. And look, he's looking to see if anybody's having an insulin reaction. <laughs> There's that look. Can we zoom in on those eyes? There he is. There That's he what he does. There he goes. Stares. Doesn't he look very, very serious? Mm-hmm. It's like he likes the snow, too. Oh, he does. He he's loves the snow. Snout. You know, sometime, I'd like to bring him to Science Live and oh, let everybody so meet fun. him. Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be so fun. Is it now? Well, Yeah. Oh. I want to see him. I do too. Can't we see him? It's called live. Boy, this yeah. is, students are in for a treat. In fact, uh, his trainer is really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> there she goes. Don't they like, I like You know, live. the scary thing is that his trainer is the one that runs the controls. I know. <laughs> I so we her. may go off the air now. <laughs> Who's running the ship? I saw her say, <laughs> I, for real? Yeah, but I think... I think it'd be nice to see the dog, and maybe he will bark. Yeah, he's got a better bark. Good sport. He's, he's made. He doesn't that. chirp when we ask him to bark. <laughs> okay. I give so you a drones, better one. Drones are really amazing. While we're waiting for a dog to come and bark, I want to show you this. Okay. This is a light bulb, and I'm just going to pull this light bulb off. Show you. It's a light bulb like Edison. Remember mm-hmm. our mentor, mm-hmm. Lear, mentored by Edison. So all of you that are being mentored in Science Live are connected to the light bulb. <laughs> Love right? it. Right? Yes. And it symbolizes when you get a bright idea and neat things you're going to do. In this case, we made this cute little stand, and it says a cellus down there. I don't know if you can see it. There you can. See a cellus. And the idea is to be able to put this light bulb underneath the stand and have it hang wow. with a gap there. Now, if I had a credit card, which I that just happen to have, then you could see that I can run my credit card through this gap. Does it charge it? Make <laughs> <Hey>, purchases? <laughs> <laughs> well... I do charge with it, but not that kind of charge. You're going to have another wingman here. It's going to be a day like that. Okay. Next time. So here's the deal. So we have the light bulb hanging here. There's just a a gap, and then the light's on. And it says to see what distance learning is like without a cellist press here. And if you touch here, the light goes off, which is pretty neat. How did we get the electricity to go through that gap? It's like doing education over the distance of the internet. And there's quite a science. Okay, I think we have a guest. Come on in, Pooch. And there he is. He's a little camera shy. Who's got him? Okay, sit. Can you see him? Okay, turn him towards the camera, can you? There we go. go. He's really excited because he's really quite shy. Okay. So, let's see how well-trained he is. Can you make him bark? Hey! Can we do it again? (laughs) Oh, he was looking right at Matthew, wasn't he? (laughs) That's great. 
Okay, well, it's really nice. Uh, can you just walk him by and maybe they can get him over here? I want them to see him good. All right, there he is. Lower. Okay, turn around. Hello. How's your little poochie? Yeah. I like you too. You're a nice dog. Okay. So this dog is actually trained to help protect someone that might have shot too much insulin. And he actually has done that a few times, and it, it could save someone's life. And I think it's really, really neat. You are a very noble creature, aren't you? <laughs> he said, I know, I know. I want to see if you can give him a bark again. I like that part. Okay. Yeah, wonderful animal. Thank you. He says, I'll just stay right here. I'm actually part of Science Live from now on. Okay. See you later, guy. Thank you. And he's going to stay. That's wonderful. Okay. Well. Go help around the cameras. Mm -hmm. Security. You know, the thing I like about that dog is when you ask him to bark, he does it. He doesn't <laughs> chirp. Chirp, chirp, chirp. But you know. Are you asking me? But he has training. That's the difference. Hey, I did it. I, I learned I can be trained. Can you? <laughs> but let's, you know let's, I can. let's put his picture back up one more time. Okay, let's see if he can train you. <laughs> wow, she's got it. Okay, so we're going to go back now. Or did you want the little sound? To the good idea. Yeah, you, you're doing a great job. You're a good sport. You could, you could cure <laughs> malaria. Okay. Sport. So back here. So this idea is that how are you going to send electricity down through here? Now in here is a magnet. Remember some of us remember talking about a Hall effect sensor. A Hall effect sensor is a little electronic sensor that gets all excited when it's close to a magnet. And there is a magnet down here. And when the magnet gets close, the Hall effect sensor fills the magnet so it turns off a coiled electromagnet in the top which makes the light fall down. When it starts falling down, the Hall effect sensor can't fill the magnet so strong again, so it turns it back on. And it's going on and off really fast, so it looks like it's just kind of hanging there. It's very That's neat. That's really neat. If you unplug the power, then there'll be no electromagnet here, so it'll go falling down, right? It fell up. <laughs> That's because we made these before they invented gravity. <laughs> so no matter what I do, it'll just snap right back up there. But if I turn this back on, and that means I've got the Hall effect sensor going again, bring it down to the right level, and you notice the light came back on. Good. But we can turn the light on and off. So there are floating light bulbs around, but this one's kind of neat because We've got the light, and we can turn it on mm -hmm. and off. And I wanted to, to show it to you today. First of all, we're, we made a bunch of these. So we're going to send them out to superintendents of schools so that they can learn about a solace. And the idea that someone can actually learn over the Internet and even learn at an accelerated pace faster and better than they can with other methods is pretty exciting. This is what they look like in the box, right? Uh -huh. And it says, 
Acela Cyber School, The Art of Distance Education. I can read. Can you read that? What is the Acellus effect? I don't know. What is it? Do you want to read? The Acellus effect is a proprietary technology that helps the learner always feel teacher supported. It's awesome. The magic inside, and there it all is. And there's the formula equals tap plus Acellus. So what I want to do today is I want to present this magic floating light bulb to Mr. Magic himself, Mark Rogers. <laughs> Thank you very Thank you. much. You know, uh, I'm very grateful that I met this man and the impact he's had on himself. He's taught millions of kids. And when he told me that one of his goals was to teach math at all the different grades, the younger grades, I thought, that's ambitious. <laughs> but some of you know who's done it. It's pretty exciting. And he also taught uh, counting one, and now he's doing accounting two. And I think it's, uh, it's amazing the contributions he's made to Acellus. And then he even brought Mrs. Rogers, and yeah. she's teaching science, and, and what a great contribution they've made. Let's hear it one more time for Mark and his wife. Mark. Mark. <laughs> she's got that down. Oh. <clears throat> She'll be barking at me from now on. <laughs> she, yeah, on demand. pretty exciting. <laughs> So the technology in these drones is absolutely amazing. And the fact you can put a camera on here. Now, they flow pretty, fly pretty steady, but if you put a camera on and it's zooming way out to try and take a picture, the little vibrations are going to make that picture jump all over mm -hmm. and just make it very hard to look at. So what they've done is they've put this camera, and I'm going to see if we can get a a close-up of this. They put on a gimbal so that it can be pointed uh, by the computer and when it sees an image out there, which it does whenever you shine the camera out, whether it's a person or it's a bird or it's a field or a car or whatever, it notices that image and as the drone jiggles around, the camera points back towards the same target so that it makes it look very steady. And then Besides that, the computer does image stabilization. So if the image shifts a little bit, the computer does the math to move it back over. And as a result, you get a beautiful, beautiful image from these drones. And yes, I did bring, I'm trying to compete with purple after all. <laughs> I did bring a video to show you some of the drone shots. Uh, fortunately, Tobias was able to make the case for a new drone after his flew far away, headed north. Keep a look up north. And so we have used drone shots in a lot of our courses. And you might see if you can recognize some of these teachers. Let's take a shot of the drone. This, by the way, is where I live. 
I live on the bank of this beautiful river, and I now jump to the mountains where I don't live. This is where I live again. Hey, there he is. <laughs> and there she is. And there he is. Todd, the tea party. Look how it's a drone shot, how we're out over the water. our 4th of July celebration two years ago. But look how steady the image is. Now, I don't know who that is, Paige. <laughs> but I think she's barking. Really? That and was that, me in the wheat was, field. That was einkorn wheat. That was wheat. out in the einkorn wheat field. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But what an amazing thing it is to be able to take images like that and have them so steady. So... A lot of inventioneers have invented so many technologies which are all incorporated to make this possible. And boy, a few years ago, you just couldn't have done this. It'd be completely impossible. Even the ability to control it and the way that you send the signal to radio control it. And you can also see the picture on the camera on the cell phone or a iPad that you have on the controller. Uh, it's all really, really amazing really technology. Neat. And I, I remember in 1976 when we first launched the Billings computer and there was a thing called the Apple computer, which was a little thing you hooked to your TV and play games. Mm -hmm. And uh, we came out with a whole computer and people wondered what in the world this was. And remember, that's five years before the IBM PC came out. That's amazing. And so uh, back then, it was very hard to get that computer all in one cabinet and get it to work. And then I look how far this technology has evolved in just my lifetime. And it's really exciting to think what we're going to be able to do next year and the year after and the year after. I really believe that the people that are learning science and technology, mathematics, through Acellus, are going to be part of that wonderful community that will really change the world. A lot of our, uh, our Institute of Science and Technology IST graduates have done marvelous things. Mm -hmm. And I just get excited when I think what so many more are going to do. As Life goes on day to day on this wonderful planet of ours. We <clears throat> run into constantly new challenges and problems. And technology very often has to be the thing that comes through to, to find solutions. And you know, sometimes it can be a matter of, of life and death, a matter of eating or not eating. Mm -hmm. uh, these technologies are very important. Curing diseases, so they found a bark would make people better, but there wasn't enough to go around. And so they invented purple instead. <laughs> <laughs> and and it is interesting that the technologies that uh, we're going to have come forward in the next decade are amazing. The advancement of science and knowledge is accelerating. In just one year, Mankind now, the inventioners and scientists of the world will advance science in one year more than we have in 100 years. It is amazing what's happening. 
I remember the famous story of the head of the patent office that said that they were thinking about closing down the patent office because everything to be invented was already invented. <laughs> and you think, boy, you're seeing for a surprise. <laughs> and I'm just so excited to think what we can do. If you have not yet started on your science fair project, it's time to dig in. And by the way, a big part of science is that everything you try will not work. Edison tried over a thousand filaments to make his light bulb. He's trying to get something that you run electricity through in a glow, and most of the things that he tried that had promise would burn up after a few minutes. And then he discovered that the way to make it last longer was to pull more of the air out of this bulb. So there was no oxygen to oxidize things, to make them burn. And then he was able to make a bulb that they were surprised the next day when they came back because it was still at, they'd never had one run all night before. And so hence the light bulb. Discouragement is, is not a successful technique in science. And yet, it seems like discouragement is a reality of, of our life. I'm thinking of, of the wonderful projects that I've been able to be part of, even those that have succeeded. And there was very often the time I would go to rest at night completely discouraged because it just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. And then the next day, I was back in there. In the 10th grade of high school, <clears throat> I built the first hydrogen engine. And I worked very hard, and I was getting ready for the science fair, and I could not get it to run. And so at the last minute when I saw it's just not going to work, I put it back under my bed and uh, did a project, germinating seeds. And uh, a friend of mine, in fact, one of my neighbors, had a greenhouse where they would uh, grow flowers and plants and things for people. And some of the seeds that he would use were very small and very expensive. And he told me that some of these exotic, expensive seeds, when, when he would plant them, only 60% would germinate. The rest would never do anything. And he says, and they're really expensive. So I got an idea. Why won't the seeds germinate? Why won't the seeds germinate? Remember, I'm in the 10th grade. I had all the wisdom of the ninth grade in my head. I thought, I can figure out why seeds aren't germinating. When seeds are waiting to germinate, it's like they're asleep. And if they don't germinate, it's because someone forgot to wake them up. They need a wake-up call. So simple. Yeah. Now, I had an aunt that worked at the hospital. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. And she worked the night shift in the lab. And so I asked her if I'd come and see her. And I took a packet of these expensive seeds. And I says, do you still have that one thing that you put in the water? It was an ultrasonic machine. And they would use it underwater to put energy into people's muscles where they had been injured or they were sore and they'd do an ultrasonic conditioning and it would put heat in the muscle and I guess it would help some patients. And I said, I need 
to ultrasound these seeds. Why? They're asleep. I need to wake them up. So we put them underwater, and we took this ultrasonic machine, and we went over it. But I only did it to half of them. And the other half I kept out. Those are the control ones. So I could see if juicing them with ultrasound would make them wake up and germinate. And then put them both on, on a flat at the greenhouse and treat them exactly the same. And almost all, 90-something percent, germinated when they were treated with ultrasound. And so my friend got a little machine so he could treat his expensive seeds, and I won the science fair. Wow. Yeah. And it, it was a project that I had to do in one month because that's all the time I had. Like you. <laughs> like you. And it was like a rebound project. Now, I didn't give up on hydrogen, but it took two more years. It wasn't until the 12th grade that I finally got that hydrogen engine to run. And that's quite often how science goes. But you know, by doing that project with those seeds, I won a thing called the Naval Science Cruise. And that meant that I got to go to the local airport and get on a, a Navy airplane with a bunch of other science fair winners from other cities, and we gathered up a whole bunch of guys, and we ended up at uh, Point Magoo, California. We went to San Diego Air Base. I was in the Navy for a, a week. As you were there a, a whole week? Yeah, well, it was most of a week. Mm -hmm. And the first day, they took us to boot camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boot camp isn't as bad as the, the sailors say. They say, oh, I hated boot camp. But it wasn't so bad. Of course, we just walked through. <laughs> <laughs> and that was enough boot camp for me. But we got to see many, many, many amazing technologies. And one of the things that I remember the very best is they took us on a boat ride in the USS Daniel Boone. And the USS Daniel Boone is a boomer. It's a, a nuclear missile carrying submarine, nuclear powered submarine. A big boat. Yeah, and, and <laughs> as we went out to get in, it didn't look that big, but when you went down under the water, it was a big, big submarine. It was surprising how big it was. And this submarine would go shooting through the water with power caused by a radioactive material in a reactor making heat that would heat water and make steam, which would drive a turbine and power that boat. And it was an amazing, amazing piece of technology. When we were down in the control room where they drive the boat, and there was, there was probably, oh, maybe 40 of us that were on this cruise. And, we were down in there crowded around and they were telling us about it. And one of the students asked the, the guy, the commander, so how fast will this submarine go? And he said, well, I'm not allowed to tell you that. That's, that's a military secret. He says, but what I will tell you is that we have torpedoes in this submarine and we can fire a torpedo and then we start up our our boat, and we can pass up the torpedo as it's going through the water. It's pretty fast. That sounds pretty amazing. So the big boats are aircraft carriers. They're floating airports. They have like 5,000 people that live on these floating cities, 
and they're powered by nuclear reactors. And they put that radioactive material in there, and they can go 30 years, 30 years without refueling. That's what I'd like for my car. Yeah. I just like to fill it. When you buy the car, why isn't it already full and you never have to fill it again? Wouldn't <laughs> that be great? Mm -hmm. That would be. And you know, uh, technologies are getting better and better. And who knows? I may someday have a car like that that will go 30 years, maybe even 40. Well, let's get to hydrogen first. Doesn't huh? that make you want to bark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really excited about the way technology is developing, and I'm excited about the science fair. And you say, well, I don't have any ideas. Well, my idea was, why don't these seeds germinate? And the guy said, well, these are expensive seeds. They don't all work. How did I know? I was there sweeping the greenhouse for a little extra spending money. That's when he told me that. And I got that. well, why aren't they working? Why aren't they all germinating? If they're seeds, they should grow. They're just, they need to be woke up. It's like some people. Yeah, and every idea I've ever had worked the first time. Oh, yeah? Second time? Mm -hmm. Okay, they didn't. <laughs> you have to turn a lot of stones before you find a surprise. When I used to go fishing at the little river near my house where I grew up, we needed bait. We need these little worms. We called them rockworms that would put on a little teeny hook and would fish for minnows because that's all there was in that river. But to find the rockworms, we'd go find a rounded river stone and pick it up and see if there were some under there, under the water. And we'd have to pick up 50 or 100 stones to find one of those little rockworms. Well. But we knew we'd find it, so we kept doing it until we found one. We'd break the little skin off it, put it on the hook. I would have loved to see that. And catch that. a minnow. I would love to when see When you that. catch a fish that long, <laughs> I get it. It work. it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, well, uh, you keep barking, okay. and you guys, let's get those science fair projects going. <laughs> Thanks. See you next Bye. time.